We're on. We're on like Donkey Kong. Good morning, everyone from your lounge room, from your living room, kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, toilet, study, bath, wherever you are this morning, on a walk, on the trail. I don't know where you are, but uh, good morning. Sorry, I'm in a, in a silly mood. Um, good, good morning, everyone. Hope you are doing well and um, hope you are in great spirits and you are, yeah, especially if you're in Victoria, um, just, yeah, miss you guys, miss our church, miss our family. We say that every week, but it's, it's, uh, it's very true. We, we really miss seeing you guys in the flesh and, um, yeah, good to see some people on here, Jalil. Morning, Anne. Morning, Mum. Fat Beats from Jalil. Yeah, that was a good intro. Thanks, Kimmy. Trouty. Um, yeah, well, we're going to get in. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get into the Word pretty quickly. Uh, I really felt, you know, there's, again, we're in an interesting season. We're in a season that we've, you know, we've never been in before and we've never um, experienced before anything like this on a global scale, uh, on a statewide scale here in Australia and Victoria. Um, and, you know, I was sitting, I can't remember where I was, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, and I was, I was pondering something that a friend of mine actually said um, with a man named John Smith. John Smith was an amazing, uh, amazing Christian, amazing man in our state. Uh, he formed the God Squad. Uh, for those of you that um, don't know, it was a, a, um, a motorcycle you know, club that did great charity work and great work around our, our country and our state, planted churches and did a whole, whole bunch of stuff. Lots and lots of people were impacted by John Smith and John Smith's ministry. Um, some people didn't agree with some of his stuff, but regardless, he loved Jesus and he was just an amazing man. He's, he's with the Lord now. And... Um, a friend of ours was, was with him just not long before he died. He died of cancer. And a friend of ours was with him and he, he said to our friend, he said, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of Christians right now who have um, clubs or uh, agendas for various reasons, which were all good, you know, save the, save the planet and save the this whale, and save the, this agenda and um, yeah, all these different subcategories. And he said to, to this friend of ours, he said, you know, there's not a lot of Christians anymore that are fighting for the simple gospel. And I was reminded of that phrase um, this week. And in the world that we're living in right now, and I think people are, are looking for something to grab a hold of. They're looking for hope. They're looking for, a, they're looking for truth. They're looking for absolute truth. And that's, that's not a very popular uh, word in our world right now, absolute truth. And I'm not going to go into an um, apologetics kind of debate this morning or anything like that. But what I am going to say is that um, as a believer in Jesus, and I wasn't always a believer in Jesus. I didn't grow up in a you know, Christian home that um, you know, promoted the gospel. I went to Catholic church as a, as a, young, as a young kid, but never had a, any belief in God. I didn't believe God was real. I didn't believe that, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I believed, to be honest. I was kind of sort of 12, 13. I was sort of on the, on the fence of like, 
yeah, there could be something out there. And um, there seems, to, I'd seen supernatural activity. So I was like, um, yes, there is a supernatural world. There is a world that we cannot see. But I didn't know what I believed. And I didn't know I believed in, in, you know, a God or multiple gods or, you know, different things. But the reality is this, now as a believer in Jesus and as a believer in the Son of God, and I, I think it was Bono actually, he said, if Jesus didn't come in the flesh and he didn't die, and he didn't resurrect, then pretty much every Christian on the planet is putting their hope and faith and trust in something that didn't happen and we're all crazy and we're all lost. But if it did happen and Jesus did come, which history will tell us that he did, and he did die and he did not only die but then resurrect, then everything that he said about himself as the son of God, as the saviour of the world, as the saviour of our sins, the saviour of humanity, is 100% true. And that's it. Th those, are, those, are, those are just interesting thoughts to think about in that, you know, often people have used an analogy of the elephant and it's been used for philosophy deba debates and to oppose this view of, well, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And, you know, that statement in and of itself, it's, it's like there, there is an absolute truth, I believe, in our world. I believe we were created by our creator, just like a book has bindings, words, perfectly ordered. It's perfectly put in page numerical order. There's an, there's an order and a, and a systematic approach to making a book. Uh, the binding, the leather, the, you know, this one's beautiful goat skin. Mmm, lovely. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's just my obsession with my Bible. Um, but there's an order, there's a creator. Someone took time and put it together. I don't believe that we just, you know, somehow crashed together in terms of two Ferraris, you know, two Holdens didn't crash together and out came a Ferrari. You know, I think there was, there was a, uh, I don't fully understand obviously uh, all this, a lot of the science behind certain things, but um, what I do know is that this world, the uh, seeds of plants, you plant them, they grow, they multiply and they produce and they grow. And the same with humans, we, we are special, we're created, uh, in the image of God, I believe that we are not a mistake. We didn't come from animals. Uh, we didn't evolve. We were created by a creator. And that's, he decided, let's make people in the image of him, in the image of God, in the image of Jesus, in the image of the Holy Spirit, and that he would make man in his image. Um, and not so that he could... Um, torment us and not that he could throw people go well why is there so much evil in the world now i'm going to explain that and, and then explain the outcome of how we actually come out of that and how we actually live in freedom for our own personal life but then i also believe in for our um for our world for our society for our culture and so i believe personally that there is absolute truth there is a truth there is one god there's not multiple ways to god um, and so the elephant in the room story getting back to that, is that, you know, someone would touch the side of the elephant, someone would touch the tail, someone would touch the ear, someone would touch the trunk, someone would touch the tusks, and they would be blindfolded. 
And then they would say, well, describe an elephant to us. And the person that touched the tusks would say, you know, an elephant's got a long, long, uh, hard-like substance. And another person would say, oh, the elephant has got a, it's long, but it's soft. And it's, you know, it, 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 it feels like a giant snake kind of thing. And another person would say, hey, the elephant's got a, uh, it's, it's massive side that would touch the side and be like, oh, the elephant's huge. It's like a big wall. And uh, it, it's sort of scaly or, you know, coarse. And another one would touch the ear and it'd be like, oh, an elephant's actually got, you know, thin, it's thin and it's, you know, um, flat. And another one would touch the hooves and they'd have their opinion. Anyway, the, the, and they'd get everyone back in again. They'd say, well, that's your truth. And that's your truth. And that's your truth. Your truth of an elephant is, is the tusk and your truth. And, and, and that's what's portrayed a lot in our world today where it's like, well, that's your truth and that's good for you, brother. And that's your truth and that's good for you. And hey, as long as you're happy and as long as you live in your truth and your thing. And the reality is there's one guy in that room who's not blindfolded and he knows exactly what an elephant looks like. And he can say an elephant has four, four legs, two ears, a tail, a, a trunk, a tusks, and it's massive and it's an animal and it can pick up water and squirt water out and he can actually describe and bring to reality what an elephant looks like. He can say, yes, all of those things, they have truth in them. They might have elements of truth to them, but they're not the truth. And we're living in a world right now where I, I believe people are looking for this. Um, you know, everybody, I believe, wants the king, a king like Jesus. Everybody does. And there's, you know, a lot of people, oh, no, they don't. I don't want your Jesus. He's this, he's that. They, they label him in a certain way. And, and I was like that. I was angry at God. I was mad at God. I didn't know what God was like. I thought he was the Godfather, not a good father. I thought he was a God that just punished if we did right and, and, did, and blessed if we did good. I was even explaining to my daughters last night that, that what unconditional love is. And Charlie asked, she said, what, what is unconditional love? And Alira was there and I was explaining that mum and dad love them without conditions attached, without rules attached. However, we want our children to, to behave and respond in a good way, not because of our love, but because we want what's best for them. And that's the difference. The difference is we love them. Our love isn't with conditions. And we've made that decision. We've made that choice. We're like, hey, I love you regardless of your decisions and your choices. However, because I love you, <laughs> I want to guide you and steward you into becoming an awesome human being. And that your, the things that you do will have consequences and the choices that you make will have consequences. But you have the free will and the choice to make those choices and those consequences. I'm not gonna impose those on you. I'm gonna guide you and direct you as a parent. That's what any good parent should do. But, and I'm gonna discipline you when things don't go, go well because I love you, not because I'm trying you to, you know, for, you to, for me to know that you, you need to earn my love. You don't need to do that. So I explained this to them about free choice and about conditions and unconditional love, and they got it. There's, you know, eight and six, and they were like, yep, yeah, that makes sense, I understand. And that brings me to this story of the gospel. We have, we have free choice. And when God created man and Adam and Eve in the image of him, he gave them the ability to choose. Love, in its very essence, in its very core, chooses. 
It is a choice. Um, otherwise, it's not love. It's something forced. And love in its very core existence gives the person the free will to choose. And God has already decided, he's already chosen to love humanity. Whether they know him or they don't know him, he's decided, hey, I love you. You might not know, know God. You might be watching and you don't know the God who's a good father. You might know God as a judge or you might think he's this um, being in the sky that causes earthquakes and sickness and all this stuff. And I, I want to propose to you that that's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve is best described in the life of Jesus. And I'm not diminishing things that have happened in the Old Testament. And there's lots and lots of questions that people have around this topic. But I believe sin, when Adam and Eve chose freely to disobey God and obey the, the enemy, because there is an enemy called the devil, called Satan, called Lucifer. When they chose to disobey God and obey the devil, they actually gave their rights over to another, another created being. And sin then entered the world and the condition of our heart got tainted. And <clears throat> I'm going to show you a little analogy um, in, a, in a few minutes. But what happened then was sin that came in then corrupted our hearts to be selfish, to be prideful, to be lustful, to be arrogant, to be angry, to be murder. We see the first murder that happens with Cain and Abel. And the condition of our heart was the issue. External circumstances weren't the issue. It was the condition of our heart. Now, external circumstances might have not helped but when you put pressure on something and you squeeze something hard enough, it's the condition of the heart that comes out. When you squeeze a lemon, lemon juice comes out. When you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. And right now in our world, people are being squeezed from every angle. And the condition of people's hearts are coming out, good and bad. And there's a lot of um, verbal diarrhea that's going on in our world, world right now. And I'd like to propose, um, I remember listening to um, uh, Denzel Washington, one of my heroes, right? <laughs> we were, did, did Kim watched the Denzel Washington movie the, last night. But um, Denzel Washington, I, I just, I love The Hurricanes, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And... Someone asked him about race, and I've shared this here before, but someone asked him about race. And I just, I just want to pause for a second and say this. The laws of our nation are good. You know, there are good laws in our, in our nation. There are some that I don't agree with, but there are some good laws, you know, um, don't murder, <laughs> um, you know, don't, don't rape, don't steal, don't um, violate freedom, don't do all these things. They are good. There's the legal system um, in the Western world has generally advanced our society and our culture in, in majority in a good way. Um, if you do history, and I'm not going to go into it right now, but generally there's been a, a great thing that's happened with the Judeo-Christian laws um, based off of the Ten Commandments. Um, and those things, are they're good things. They're things that we um, should uh, do and, and should, you know, should not do and should do and hold to those things because they actually provide safety and they provide freedom to our, 
our culture. They provide things that have, have kept our people safe for many, many of hundreds of years, thousands of years in that sense. And so some of the legal system, some I don't, the, the government, I don't always agree with everything that they um, stand for, that they say is okay and that, that they um, believe is a good thing. I, I, there are certain laws and things that I'm like, hey, I don't agree with that. I think that's murder. I think that's... Uh, um, you know, that's not okay and that's not good. So there are, there are laws and, and things that I don't necessarily agree with. However, I want to just say that from the outset, that the laws do help guide a culture. They show what's in the culture, what's on the seedbed of a culture and what they're aiming for. But laws and legality do not legislate love. You cannot legislate a person's condition of their heart. You, it doesn't matter what legal system you have or don't have, the sin problem, the root problem of humanity is still inside of the heart. It's still the condition of the heart. No matter what happens, and Denzel Washington was interviewed about, about race, about you know, blacks and whites in America and different things, and he says, they said, are you grateful now that the president's going to put, this is you know, about 10 years ago, I think, said, so do you know that this, the, the president's going to put some new legal system in to do with race? And he said, it's really irrelevant. The, uh, you cannot legislate love. It takes the individual of a, of a black man to go up to a white person and that un, they unify because they're a human being, not because they're white or black. And vice versa, that the white person goes up to a black man and they unify in love because of the choice that they freely get to make. And this is the point that Denzel Washington was making. He says, you cannot legislate love. It doesn't matter who's in, in, in power. It doesn't matter who's the president or who's the prime minister. It's actually the condition of the heart. And you need to take responsibility for that and make the step forward to be in unity with one another. You can implement that into today's what's going on and you can take that however you want to. <laughs> All right, so I want to read a couple of um, verses in our, in, our, you know, in our Bible that we have of God's word. And this is this one. It's in, found in Romans 5, verse 18. It says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one sin led to condemnation to all men, Adam's choice. So one act of righteousness, or Eve's choice and Adam followed suit, leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedient, the many were made sinners, talking about Adam. So by, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. And then Paul writes this, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased... Grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to explain this really quickly. People have, I'm a soccer player, and people have trouble understanding um, offside. They think it's, you know, challenging to understand. Personally, I don't. Anyway. <laughs> but if I, if I threw, you know, um, 22 players into an arena and said play soccer and they had no idea about soccer and I said go and play go and play and just play right and I gave them no rules I said just go and play they'd probably break 20 different rules right then if I said okay now I'm going to tell you what the rules of this game is ah all of a sudden they would have realized oh we were doing that wrong that wrong that wrong that wrong offside we were touching the ball with our hands, we were doing all kinds of crazy things. 
what, what happened, they, where the law came in, where the legality of the rules came in, they started to realise they were doing so many things wrong. Right? And that's what Paul's explaining here. He's saying where the law came in, sin, sin came in through one man, through Adam and Eve, right? But where the sin got realised by people when they had a need, when they realised, oh my goodness, this is God's standard and it doesn't matter what I do, I can't reach that standard. I can't obtain the, the perfection of God because of the condition of my heart is doing things wrong. And it doesn't matter what I do, right? I mean, I'm gonna, can, can we get this? Are you on this, uh, Kim, right now? I'm gonna show you um, something, an analogy. So this, this explains this really well. So um, I, I couldn't, I forgot to bring my big cups this morning, but so you're gonna have to uh, just work with me. So here we have God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they created man, right? Call that man in their image. They looked like God, they talked like God. And it's, the Bible says that you could walk with, that, with God in the cool of the day and that he could come into this and have relationship with God, right? And then sin entered the world. Through one man, through Adam, and this is our sin. This is this is what I like to call sin: is uh, instant coffee, right? That's sin. That's demonic. It's evil, <laughs> right? And so sin entered the world, and and it didn't really matter what we did. It didn't matter how. Um, th this is Paul's point here. It says where the law came in, right? Sin abound. So he's like, you started realizing, oh, you didn't know offside. You, you didn't know you couldn't touch the ball with your hands. You didn't know all these things, but you started to realize, I need a savior. I need someone to not just so I can do more works, because it doesn't matter. You could be the nicest person in the world and do all the good stuff. You could, you know, I give money to the poor. I, I, I give, you know, to the homeless. I look after the widows. I, I'm just a kind person. I never swear. I never do it. I, I haven't murdered. I don't do any of those bad things. But actually the standard's still God and the condition of my heart is still evil. It's still selfish. It's still in, impure. It still has got sin in it. If I've murdered, if I've stolen, if I've told a, lie, a white lie, if I've done any of these things, if I've never measured up, if I've worried, if I've never measured up to God's standard, and we can't, we all have done this, right? There's not one person that hasn't sinned in their life. So what do they do? What do you do? And he says here in Romans, he says, um, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So he says that sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, right? So here, Jesus, let's, this is Jesus, he comes along, he's perfect. He says, you know what, you can't measure up, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to die. Sin deserves to be punished, so sin leads to death. But instead of that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to step in instead of, of you dying for sin, I'm going to die and take on sin. I'm going to take on all of sin that the world has ever known or will know. I'm going to take it on and die on the cross. So Jesus became sin, the Bible says. Then he died 
But then he resurrected, right? He dies in the tomb and he resurrects three days later. Again. And he's a brand new, he's brand new, Jesus resurrects. The Bible says in John 3, 16, it says that for any man that believes in God and calls on the name of Jesus, he will not perish, but he will have eternal life. And here Jesus, it's, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes up residency in us. Now we, Jeremiah 24, verse 7 it says that God wants to give us a new heart, a heart to know God and a heart to be known by God. So here we get to have a new heart and we get to come back into relationship with God because the condition of our heart has been transformed. Now God did that because he loves us, not so that we'll love him. He does it because he loves us first and then because of that love we get to love him. All right, and now we can have relationship with God again because there's not a tainted nature of selfishness, pride, arrogance, sin that was only causing destruction in our life. It wasn't God causing the destruction. It wasn't the external circumstances causing the destruction. It was the condition of our heart that was causing the destruction. And the things that are happening on the outside are the things that just push and squeeze and we find out what's on the inside. Whoop. Let's get rid of that evil sin. All right, I hope that makes sense. I'm going to take a drink of Jesus. <laughs> All right, back, back to here. We're nearly done. So I want to read John 3.16 again because I just believe it's a very powerful verse. It's probably the most famous verse apart from Jesus wept. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said those words. Either Jesus said those words and they're true or they're not. Those that believe in him, they invite Jesus into their heart. They call on the name of Jesus. They will not perish. Doesn't mean external things don't happen, but they will have eternal life and security and the peace of God on this, in this lifetime. And then when we die, we get to be with Jesus forever. Hmm. Jesus came to give us a new heart. Reinhard Bonnke says this. Uh, Reinhard Bonnke is a famous, famous, famous evangelist. So millions and millions of people come to Jesus in Africa, the German evangelist. And he said, um, someone asked him once and they said, Reinhard, there is... You know, lots of, if this is true, what you're saying, he was having a debate and he, he said, you know, if this is true, what, what you're saying and Jesus has paid for sin, then why is there still so much destruction in the world? And Reinhardt said in his German accent, which I'm not going to try and take off, he said, there is lots more soap today in the world and you have to take the soap and you have to apply it to your life. Just because there's more soap or more, you know, in that analogy, just because the answer has been provided for you, if you don't take the soap and wash in the soap, you will still be filthy and you'll still be dirty. And 
Jesus came not because you're, he, you're somehow this evil person. He came because the condition of your heart was evil. And he came and paid the ultimate sacrifice of dying on a cross so that as Adam and Eve chose to sin, you and I now as sinners can choose to have eternal life with Jesus and come into a relationship with Jesus. And as our friend John Smith has said, I, I just feel in this hour we need to fight for the simple gospel and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need to fight for the simplicity of truth. The Bible says it's the truth, knowing the truth that sets you free. And I believe the answers to our world's problems are found in the condition of the heart. If our condition of our heart is in line with the creator, the one that created us, then I think we will start to see a shift. No matter what legislation is in our culture and in our society, I want to encourage the Christians that are listening. I want to encourage you that just because there's a legislation or a rule or a law that might infringe on your comfortability or might infringe on something in our world doesn't mean I like it and I agree with certain things. However, just because of those things, do not let the legislation of the land dictate the love that you display in the world because the Bible says that they will know, the world will know, the world will know that we are God's children because of the way we love one another not because of the agreement of how we stand politically. It'll be because of the way we love one another. All right? And so I just want to encourage you. That's my little, um, my little uh, ch charge for us this morning. We're going to listen to a song, but I want to pose this question. If you don't know Jesus, you're watching, because I don't know who's watching. I can see some, but I, I don't know uh, everyone. It's a choice. You have to actually decide because of the free will that you've been given. I want to invite Jesus. He'll knock on the door, but you have to open up the handle and let him come into your heart. He'll never force his way in. He might show you there might be things in your life, dreams. There might be signs that are happening in your life that are all pointing to you like, hey, God must be real. But I want to talk to you. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you don't know him. You might know about him or you might have a perceived idea of God, but you actually don't have a personal relationship with God. I want to invite you to one. I want to invite you to actually invite Jesus into your heart like I did when I was 14. I invited Jesus to come and be the Lord of my life and Savior of my life that his truth trumps everything else, that, he, that I had a clear picture of the elephant in the room, so to speak, that I wanted to know him. I didn't want to just know about him. I wanted to know God, the one that created me, that formed me, that decided that it's a good thing for me to be alive here on planet Earth. I wanted to know that God, the God that's found in the New Testament, in Jesus, in the Bible, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that, that breathed this world into existence. I wanted to know that God. And so I began. It wasn't everything's perfect from that moment on, but I tell you what was, what, was, what was perfect was I had a relationship with God and my heart condition was changed. Didn't mean I was doing everything perfect, but the unconditional love came into my heart and as, as we read in Romans, I became the righteousness of God. I became in right standing with God because of my heart condition. 
because I realized I need a saviour because I was doing all these things wrong. So we're going to listen to this song, but if, if you want to invite Jesus into your life, I want to invite you after this song to pray a prayer with me. We're going to pray um, and then I'd love you if you have done that, if you know someone that's in this church or is a Christian in your life, please contact them and tell them what you've done. Say, I've made a decision to, decision to follow Jesus and, um, and I, I want to know more. I want, oh, ah, the sin just dropped on the ground. Um, I want to know more and I want to learn more about Jesus. Or if you don't know anyone or, or you, you're not in contact with anyone, please private message our, our um, Glory City or comment on the comments page or whatever. So we're going to listen to this song because I, I just love the words in this song and I believe it really encapsulates what I'm saying this morning. So we'll listen to this song and then we'll come back.
Thank you, Jesus. Almost, yeah, over 20 years ago, I knelt in a bedroom. I was a very lost and broken 14-year-old with a lot of issues. And I knew all the things that were lost in me and broken. And I didn't need those broken bits to be put back together. I needed a brand new life. And I needed a brand new heart. The anger, the selfishness, the unforgiveness, the resentment, the pride, the arrogance, all those things needed to be gone. And I needed the one that created me to deposit his heart and his love and his joy and his freedom and his peace into my life. And that's the, that's the question I want to pose to people. And if you don't know Jesus and you're watching this right live right now, or you're watching it back over the weekend or in 10 years time or in five years time or whenever, um, I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your heart. So we're going to pray because what you're doing is you're choosing and you're making a decision in your heart to go from a sinner to a son of God, daughter of God. And you're allowing the spirit of God to actually come into your heart and transform it and give you a new heart, give you his heart, a heart to know you, not a heart of sin, but a heart of right standing with God. And not only that, then you get to have relationship with God and you get to be in communion with God and you get to know God and grow in relationship with God. And then when you die, you get to also be in heaven with God and you get to have eternal life. And that, is a tr that is the truth of the gospel. It's the truth that Christians believe all around the world. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And uh, God doesn't send people there, but he makes every possible way for us to come out and come into relationship with him. So I'd love you to pray with me. So Father, and uh, if you're praying this for the first time, I'd, I'd invite you to, to pray this out loud uh, after, uh, after I pray or pray it in your own words, in your own time. There's no formula. There's no magic uh, potion. It's the spirit. It's your belief that he's real, that he's your Lord, that he's your saviour, that you want to invite him in. So Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you died and your blood applied for my life to redeem me from the pits of hell and to wash away all my sin. That your blood cleanses me from all the hurt, all the pain. That no matter what I've done, that you remove that as far as the east is from the west. 
And that you'll thank you for your mercy. That even though I deserved to be punished for the sins that I've committed, because you're the one that created us, your son took that punishment because of sin on the cross. And then I thank you for your grace that actually empowers me, gives me a new heart. So I invite you, Jesus, I invite your Holy Spirit right now to come into my life and into my heart. Give me a brand new heart. I need a brand new heart. And I seal that up with the Holy Spirit promise that you would come, God, and be my Lord and be my Savior. That you would be Lord of my life and you'd be Savior of my soul. I want to follow you all of my days. Come and reveal yourself to me more in Jesus' name. And then we say amen, which means we all agree. And let it be. Say amen. Awesome. Church, Glory City family, in this hour, hold fast, please, to the simple gospel. Don't lose hope. Don't let the swirl in the, 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 what's been pressed right now let something else come out of your heart. If a Christian gets squeezed, anything but Christ, Christ should come out. <laughs> and um, let our love for one another and for those that we don't agree with shine and triumph in this, in this hour more than ever. So, hey, I love you guys. I love you. Please, um, if you feel you want to send this message on, share it, share this message. Please comment and communicate with us if you have made a decision for Jesus. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to know you guys. We're not interested in like counting numbers. You're a real person who's made a real decision for Jesus. It's the most significant decision I think you'll ever make in your life. I believe that. It's the best decision. It's the most transforming decision. Changed my life forever. And so I just encourage you, anyone watching, to do that and uh, to, to go on that journey. And uh, please, please connect with us in any way that you can. We'd love to pray with you and just encourage you. So God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Bye. 